Very good morning to every one of you. God is good. God is great. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so glad to be uh, speaking to all of us this morning. This is the first time I think in my history in this church that I can stand here on a communion Sunday. You know, Communion Sunday is very special for us. And always the speaker is none other than our main pastor, Reverend Dr. Vincent Liu. Come on, let's give him a hand. I'm truly blessed by the leadership of this man. He was uh, the one instrumental in bringing me into glad tidings to be a pastor. He has... Uh, trained me, he has nurtured me. So I look up to him as my mentor. So I've gained very, very much in our interaction together, our praying together, and the messages that he preached all these years has been inspiring. I'm sure it has been inspiring to all of you too, yes? Come on, give God praise. Before we begin, let's uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that among all the gods in this entire universe, there's none like you. Who is like you? You are majestic in holiness. You are awesome in glory. And you work wonders in our lives. May you be pleased this morning to use my lips as I share your word, that your word alone will magnify your name and will bless your people. We commit everything to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to bring a message entitled, Daniel, Saved from the Lions. Taken from Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 to 22. It reads from verse 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Then jumping down to verse 21 and 22, it says, then, then, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. Let me ask you a question before I begin. Did you face any lions this week? I don't mean whether you went to the zoo. <laughs> I'm asking, did you face any difficulties this week? Now, some of us do, some of us did. Maybe I need to ask the question another way. 
What lions did you face this week? You know, when I was preparing this message, I dreamt about a lion coming into my house. <laughs> oh, I said I was, I was so afraid. You know, I mean, anybody who faces a lion will be trembling because the lion don't care who you are, you know. They will just swallow you, you know, finish you off. But church this morning just want to tell every one of us that there are many great men in the Bible. They are like the Ferraris, they are like the Mercedes, they are like the Porsches in the Bible. People like Paul, David, Moses, and others who speed across the pages of the Bible, accomplishing great things for the glory of God. But Daniel is like the ordinary family sedan. Very reliable. Now, Daniel was a Jewish teenager who was deported to Babylon along with some other choice young people by King Nebuchadnezzar in the year 605 BC. Now, these boys have heard the preaching of Jeremiah, Zeph Zephaniah, Habakkuk, and Isaiah. So they're well versed with scriptures. They went off to Babylon, clinging on to the one thing they knew would support them. The Lord himself, as depicted in the word. From the text today, in the text today, Daniel is a man in his 80s. Perhaps 85, 86. He has been in Babylon for 70 years. Yet, he has not swerved from the course he started as a young man. He is still faithfully serving the Lord who saved him by his grace. His faithfulness drew the jealousy of his peers. And a plot was made against his life that led to a death sentence in the lion's den. He is sentenced to die for doing nothing more than being faithful to his God. While Daniel faced a terrible sentence, he held fast. He held fast to what made him a great man. Daniel kept the faith. There are four C's I want to share about this man, Daniel. The first C is his character. Verse 3 says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other, other officials and satraps. Satraps are provincial governors. 
because an excellent spirit was in him. Now, Daniel was blameless, he was honest, he was trustworthy, he was hardworking, and he was kind. Now, character is the will to do what is right, regardless of personal cost. Now, godly character is a system that sustains and nurtures our inner man. It enables us not only to survive, but to thrive in times of difficulties and in the storms of life. Psalm 15 describes to us the character of men and women who are faithful through and through. Firstly, they, were, they walk with integrity, they do right, they refuse to slander others, they don't gossip, they keep their promises, they lend money without interest, they are generous. I like what verse 5 says, it's not there, but verse 5 says, He who does these things will never be shaken. Character paves the way to intimacy with God. This is what D.L. Moody says. He says, character is who you are in the dark. As a result of his godly character, Daniel, Daniel's position was about to change. Verse 3 says, The king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. After 70 years of faithful service, this former slave became the prime minister of the most powerful government in the entire world. God always honours faithfulness. He honours your faithful service. He sees everything you do. He keeps perfect records. And one day, you will be rewarded accordingly. Revelation 22 verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. The Lord is going to reward you for your faithfulness. A righteous man, Daniel's purity shone through. King Darius promoted Daniel because he possessed an excellent spirit. The word excellent means preeminence. Daniel has a spirit in him that set him apart from those around him. 
He was full of the Holy Spirit. No one could find any fault with Daniel. There were no skeletons in the closet. He was an open book. That was his testimony among the lost. They could find nothing wrong in his life. When they could find no sin or secrets in life, in his life, they tested his faithfulness with God. They knew that Daniel was a man of prayer. So they moved King Darius to outlaw prayer for 30 days. They knew Daniel would pray anyway. They saw that as an opportunity to get rid of Daniel, to have him executed. That was, that was, that was what they were counting on and they were not disappointed. Daniel chose character over comfort. That became his problem. Because jealousy, because of jealousy, the other rulers of the kingdom, they devised a plan to finish Daniel off. So they got the king to sign the decree and the king signed it because of his pride. If you're going to live for the Lord, some people around you are not going to like it. Those who do not know the Lord, they will find all kinds of ways to attack you and to stop you. That's why Paul warns us in 2 Timothy 3.12, everyone who wants to, to live a godly life will be persecuted. You all remember Pastor Raymond Cole? We're still praying for his release. We don't know what's happened to him. But God bless his family. They, remain, they will remain strong in faith. Regardless of who our enemies are, let us determine. Let us determine in our hearts that we will be like Daniel. That we will remain faithful. The second C is Daniel's choices, the choices he made. Now, when he learned that the, that the decree had been published, he went to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Though Daniel was a busy man, you know, he was more or less the top man in, in Babylon. He had developed the habit of spending time with God. Three times a day, he, opened, he opens his windows toward Jerusalem and he prayed. For Daniel, prayer was more important than popularity, than wealth, than power. Daniel did not make any excuses. He could have made many, many excuses. He could have closed the windows and he could have prayed secretly. But Daniel knew that a faith that is practiced in private 
isn't worth it at all. So your faith, as you live out your faith in your everyday life, be courageous, be brave. If you sit down for a meal in the public, make sure people know that you are a believer in Jesus. That you bow your head and you give thanks. Not only at home, but in the public. Now this routine helped Daniel develop a strong faith and courage that did not waver when he faced persecution. Now life is a series of choices. Most of the time we don't realize how important small choices can be. That's especially when we are young. There are some young people here, all the young people. Many of life's most important choices are made when we are young. During our teenage years especially. You know, some parents say the most difficult years are the teenage years. <laughs> I've gone through it. I know. You will ask questions like, where will I go to college? Which college? What will I major in? Will I keep myself pure? So we all face temptations, all of us, whether we are a teenager or whether we are a little older. We all face temptations. So when we are tempted, we thank God that God gave us a way. Uh, the Bible practically shouts our best defense in times of temptation. And what is it? Run away. <laughs> Run away from temptations, just like Joseph did from Potiphar's wife. Holiness is the only evidence that we are children of God. Romans 8, 14. So we live in a country just like Babylon, surrounded by paganism, darkness, moral decadence, corruption, enmity with God, pollution of every kind that affects our mind. May we engage in personal prayer, passionate prayer, to God. Because if you spend time alone with God every day before you leave your for your office, you will have wisdom and power and protection from the Lord. May God help us to be students of the scriptures and to be doers of the scriptures. May we be filled with the Holy Spirit every day and strive to excel in all we do as we bear witness for our God. Last Sunday, I met up with two youths from our Rumah Juara, Pastor Gwen. This was arranged by Sister Cecilia Michael, 
the home supervisor. Mark Seo, 22, and Stephanie Rani, 19. They spent a good number of years in Rumajuara. They came from difficult family backgrounds. Soon after joining, they gave their life to Jesus through the love of the staff members there. But I've got good news for you. These youths from difficult family backgrounds are excelling in their studies today. Can you say amen? <laughs> Mark is going to graduate next year in IT in, in Sunway University and Stephanie will finish her diploma in business administration in 2021. Sunway too. Come on, give God praise. Your giving to life care community services is not in vain. You have invested in the lives of youths who will grow up to be men of faith like Daniel. Can you say amen? Amen. So stay faithful, every one of us. Stay faithful to the end. Daniel simply did what he always he has always done. He chose obedience to God over everything else. We have all heard about Billy Graham. But what about Chuck Templeton and Bron Clifford? They were packing auditoriums in 1945 when Graham, Billy Graham first pitched to large crowds. All three of these young men rose to prominence in the middle 20s. One seminary president called Templeton the most talented young preacher in America. Bron, Bron Clifford was another gifted young Fireball evangelists. People lined up for hours to hear Clifford speak. Graham, Templeton, and Clifford. They launched out together out of the starting block like Olympic gold medalists in 1945. My question is, why haven't you heard of Chuck Templeton and Braun Clifford. By 1950, five years later, Templeton left the ministry and he became an atheist. In 1954, Clifford had lost his family, his ministry, and his health. Within 10 years, only one of them was still on track for Christ. Will you, my brothers and sisters, finish strong in Christ? Billy Graham, whose ministry has experienced amazing success, 
3.2 million people touched by his ministry, saved from his ministry over the years. He describes the secret this way. Listen to this. He said, the three most important things you can do are pray. Second, pray. Third, pray. That brings me to Pearl Good. This lady, amazing lady. At Pearl's, at Pearl's funeral service, service, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, paid her tribute with these words. Here lie the mortal remains of much of the secret of Billy's ministry. You know why? Because Pearl Good was his prayer partner for all his crusades. She will pray for the anointing of God to come upon Billy and the crowd. And millions has responded because of the partnership in prayer of this woman. So I urge every one of you today, pray for us, the pastors of this church. Pray for your main pastor. Pray for all our, the pastors who are in this church. Pray for all the leaders who are here. We need your prayer. Our success, our breakthroughs, our ministry is dependent upon your prayer support. Pray for us. Another lady who has been influential in, this, in the prayer ministry is Susanna Wesley. You all know her. The mother of John and Charles Wesley. See what happens when a loving, praying mother prayed. The Methodist movement just went sky high. Revival just took place. God desires a relationship with every one of us. And he wants us to spend time with him in prayer and the word. Because when we do that, we grow. We become fruitful. And we become like him. So in life, it is important how we begin. It is equally important how we continue. And it's ultimately, it is how we end. We finish the race that matters. Daniel finished strong. He chose commitment over compromise. He was willing to sacrifice his life because he loved the Lord more than he loved himself. We thank God for the, the Daniels we have in this church who are fully consecrated to the Lord. What is consecration? A little girl asked the pastor, What's, what is consecration? The pastor handed her an empty piece of paper blank piece of paper, give her a pen, and say, consecration means, is, consecration is what is when you sign your name at the bottom of this sheet of paper and let God fill it. That is consecration. Like I said, we have many Daniels in this church. I remember the late Arthur Lee 
I remember Rosalind Yi. I remember Jenny Chan. Lim Boon Hui. Ruth Chong. Stephanie Liu. And many others. I may, may, not, may have, not have time to, to mention. But they were the Daniels of our church. Come on, give God praise. One of the major strengths of this church is the many and the vast numbers of Daniels we have doing marvelous work for the Lord here. I salute you. Keep it up. As a result of his faithfulness and courage, Daniel faced a great challenge. O king, verse 12 says, Did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The decree stands. He faced a personal accusation. So when Daniel's enemies saw him praying, they took his, this accusation to the king. The king signed it and Daniel was taken and cast into the lion's den. Everyone was certain that was the end of Daniel. No one go into the lion's den and come up alive. No one. The lions did not care who the victims are, whether it's Lee Kuan Ming, <laughs> or Akau, or Mutu. <laughs> they ate anyone who was thrown into their midst. In the eyes of everyone, Daniel was a dead man. He trusted God when he was thrown into the lion's den. He was prepared to go into the den. In 1964, J.W. Tucker, an American, an A.G. missionary, and his, he and his family went Again, he was there for the last 30 years. He went again to the Congo, Africa. He risked his life for the gospel. He didn't fear death because he knew he had already died to himself. It wasn't an uncalculated, uncalculated risk that Daniel took when he went to the Congo during the civil war. He counted the cost with his missionary friend, Morris Plotz. Plotz tried to convince his friend not to go. Plotz said to Tucker, if you go in, you won't come out. To which Tucker responded, God didn't tell me I had to come out. He told me I had to go in. He was killed by the Congolese rebels and his body was thrown into the river infested with crocodiles. He was the first AG missionary martyr. As a result of his martyrdom, a revival spoke, swept through the Congo. The AG reported 4,700 adult members in 1994 in Congo. 
50 years later, in 2014, this tally had risen to 570,000 members. A hundred over times more people coming to know the Lord. Come on, give God praise. Yes. Faithfulness of J.W. Tucker. There was at least a part he played. He played a small part though, but he played a part. He gave his life for the people of Congo. Daniel's obedience resulted in, number four, his conquest. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. Now when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, Darius could not sleep. So the next morning he raced to the lion's den and he wanted to find out whether Daniel was still alive or not. Daniel answered the king and relates the glorious news that God has intervened in his life. He sent, God has sent angel. The angel shut the mouths of the lion and they did not attack him. This is an impossible miracle. How can hungry lions not eat up a man? <laughs> impossible. But God is God of the impossible. Can you say amen? Amen. God could have closed the lion's mouth by saying a word. God as creator has authority over the creation. They obey his voice. 1 Kings 17, 4 says, he even commanded the ravens to, to feed the prophet Elijah. God in this instance sent an angel to not only control the hungry beasts, they also keep Daniel company just as the Lord had walked with the true three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Most times, we're not aware of angels around. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. I've shared this before, but perhaps some of you are new, you have not heard this. This is a testimony about my elder daughter, Kim. She went to study in New Zealand some years ago. And during her final year, she was struggling, struggling with her thesis, her honours project thesis. She, she had no idea how to begin. You know, when you're overseas and alone, you don't know what to do. So she asked for prayer, we prayed. Out of the blue, she received an email. That time there was no WhatsApp and all this. We <laughs> saw it's all email. So the email reads like this: Ask me anything you need. And he signed off, Uncle Toby. <laughs> so she took a chance now because you know, don't know whether this guy is trying to be funny or not. But anyway, she tried because she was desperate. So she she replied, she wrote back. And to her great surprise, Uncle Toby wrote back. And this is what he gave her 
point-by-point instructions how to do the project paper. Mind you, details, you know. One, two, three, four, five. She followed exactly. She finished the project. She passed it up and she got a distinction. Come on, give God praise. Whoa. Angel. She wrote to, to thank him. You know, later she wanted to find out who is this Uncle Toby. She wrote to thank him and tried to trace the person. The answer came back. No such address. <laughs> wow. God sent the angel. Send her an email. Give her instructions. Wonderful. If you're a student here, yeah, <laughs> don't despair. Okay, all the youths here sitting for exam, don't know what to do, huh? Say, God, help me. He may send an angel to you. Yeah, God is so good. Come on, give him praise again. Yay, praise the Lord. God sent an angel to help my daughter and God sent his angel to help Daniel. And he will send his angel to help you. Yeah, definitely. So the men who falsely accused Daniel along with his, their families, they were taken, they were thrown into the lion's den and they were eaten up. This chapter ends with Daniel being exalted even higher in the kingdom. Daniel lived to see King Cyrus issue an edict that allowed the Jews to return to their homeland and rebuild the temple. Isaiah 44, 48. One little boy, 14 years of age, Daniel, he began a life that made an impact upon the whole world. Whole world. God will use you. All the young ones and all the older ones here, God will use every one of you to impact your contemporaries. The moral of God's story is this. God honors faithfulness. Because, because Daniel remained faithful, God delivered him. God gave him victory over the, the decree, the lion dance, the den of lions, King Darius, the dark, his detractors, and even over Daniel himself. We may never face a den of lions. We may face, but we may face of difficulties in our lives. We may face sickness, sorrow, persecution, and hardship. Through it all, the Lord simply demands that we be faithful. We be faithful. So there's one sentence that every child of God wants to hear, wants to hear. And that is this. Well done, good and faithful servant. He didn't call me to be an F1 car drive, uh, car, sorry. He didn't call me to be an F1 car. He called me to be a family sedan. Safe, reliable, and steady. So if your faithfulness touches even one life, it has been worth, worth it. If your children grow up to be faithful, family sedans in the next generation, your faithfulness has been repaid many times. Yeah, Donald? If another saint is challenged by your reliability 
and becomes more faithful to the Lord, your faithfulness has been worth it all. So Daniel's character and the choices he made led to a challenge and God gave him the victory. Come on, give God praise. So we press on. Worship team, will you come? So we press on. We trust God to help us continue in this race, in this walk with Him. One more day of following Jesus. The other day I was in a meeting, I think I met Donald Lim. Donald Lim asked me, Pastor Kwan Ming, how long are you going to continue? <laughs> I said, one more day. <laughs> Just one more day. So we have one more day. Yeah. So let us maximize the one day we have. Tomorrow is borrowed. We don't know, even not sure. But we have today. Yeah, we have today. So faith in the one true God endures through all eternity. So the takeaway today is, if you forget what I said, everything I said in the last few minutes, remember, one, God honors faithfulness. Number two, the God of faithfulness will see you through all your challenges in your life. Come and give Him praise. Yes. Let's worship the Lord.